Welcome to Soul on the Rise podcast. This is your host, Kimberly Gomes, and this podcast is all about bringing you deep diving conversations and artistic inspirations to help you rise into your full self. Help you better understand your body, your mind, your soul, or your emotions so you can show up as a little more you, a little more of the time. Because I'm on a journey of rising into a life that feels most me, and I want to connect with experts and artists whose work help people do exactly that. So I'm taking you along for the ride. Let's jump in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Soul on the Rise. Today we have an artist interlude for you. What is an artist interlude? You may be asking if you're new to the podcast. Well, that is where I get to bring on a brilliant writer or a poet or a musician. And we hear about their process. We hear about what brought them to this medium. We hear about how it's helped them grow or heal some way. And then we get to hear a piece that they want to share with us. In this case, you get to hear three poems brought to you by the lovely Asianae Winslet, who is a poet and spoken word poet in Austin, Texas. She is also the co-creator of Poetry on Tea Leaves, which is a monthly poetry gathering for black, brown, and queer folks in the Austin area. And we had such a beautiful chat about poetry, which I so rarely just get to riff with someone about just what poetry means in terms of the creation process and how cathartic it is. And even if you aren't a writer or aren't a poet, I think you'll appreciate this, um, especially just listening to her words because her poetry is moving and beautiful. And she has a long background of performing and it really shows when she reads her, her poetry. Um, so I'm excited for you to hear it. What I'm going to do is a little different this time. Normally I'll just go straight into the interview, but today I want you to get a taste of her poetry first. So I'm going to play one of her poems. Then we're going to listen to the interview so you can get a little more context about who she is and what, what went into this poem and the, into these collections that we're going to be hearing about. And then we'll play the full three poems at the end. So you'll get a little bit of poetry in the beginning to understand her writing style and enjoy it up front. Learn a little bit more and then loop back for more in the end. So I hope you enjoy it and let's go. I'll go ahead and start with um, Daughter of the Brine. Mm -hmm. Daughter of the Brine. They say children of the fatherless love regardless and a child will look for their mother in whomever they can find her. A girl is 11 and wakes up on a school day to her mother's refusal, her hair a tight afro forced into a sorry excuse for straight, her hands never tasked with her own unruly thickness before. A black teacher steps in to brush out the mess and neglect in front of her. A child is 14, wishing to grow up faster. A girl is 16, raising herself. A girl is 18 in a stranger's lap, being patted on the ass, chasing those who can't love her back. Outreached arms and mouth wide, a gaping wound ready for another to fill what's hollowed inside. Those born in the brine, soaked in water and salt, 
soured and bittered among the grainy bits at the bottom of the jar, have nowhere else to swim but up. My name is Asian A and um, I am a poet and I have been writing poetry for like 10 years. And I, right now um, I curate um, an open mic in healing space called uh, Poetry on Tea Leaves. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's really near and dear to my heart. And it, it definitely is the space that I was looking for um, in my journey as a writer and as a poet, as a performer. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that it's, I've come to this. Um, and as far as my, my journey, my journey as a writer has actually taken a, a lot of different avenues than I thought it would. Um, when I started writing poetry, I was first introduced to poetry first by like um, Deaf Poetry Jam. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah. I used yeah. to listen. Right. Yeah. That's where I first discovered spoken word. And similarly, was like, Me what, too. Is, what is happening? Yes. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I listened to Deaf Poetry Jam. I think on accident, my mom had the comedy jam on and then it went to the poetry jam and then I was listening to it. And I remember not understanding everything people were saying because they were adults speaking on adult names but I do remember um, a line a woman said like um it was some some something effing for dimes and as a kid you know I don't know what sex is necessarily I know people do it um mm -hmm. and I know that dimes is a small amount of money so I knew that doing something sexual for a small amount of money, like couldn't be a good situation. Mm. Um, but I didn't know what it meant, but it stuck with me. And my mom like, changed the channel. She was like, we can't watch this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she turned it off, but it, I never forgot. Like I just never forgot um, the words. And as I got older, I would think back to that, those, that stanza and what she said. And as I grew and matured, I understood more of what she said. And that really stuck to me. Um, and I just really thought, you know, something special is going on with spoken word. If I can feel how someone is saying something and I can resonate with it, even though I don't fully understand it. And, uh, from then I started watching brave new voices, um, on mm -hmm. HBO also loved yeah. that. Yeah. I loved that. It was on when I was a teenager and I was before that I was just writing stories and taking myself completely out of the equation. I just was very much going through a lot and was trying to dissociate from my life more so than face it. Yeah. So I was writing stories, mostly fantasies, characters, and poetry really forced me to like look at myself and deal with what was going on with me, which is not what I was trying to do whatsoever. So mm -hmm. it was, it was a good opportunity to, to try to write. And when I was an adult, like 20 years old, I went to the Austin Poetry Slam and I started performing slam poetry um, as my first introductions to writing and performing poetry. And uh, that was such a journey, um, especially as someone who didn't really know themselves as an artist um, to start doing competitive poetry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely um, I had to re understand, you know, 
myself and I was writing poetry, but I wasn't writing slam poetry, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I was guess. writing, I was writing from my heart and then performing it at slam and people liked it, I guess, and <laughs> poets liked it and things, but it didn't score very well. So um, mm. I just didn't make the scores I needed. And it was super disheartening. And I, I thought, you know, I was supposed to do poetry slam because I like poke spoken word and it just didn't mm. fit. And it was like this whole thing. I had to just take a step back completely from competition or slam and understand what I was supposed to get from that world and who I was as an artist and how I was going to move forward. Um, and, and I had to take a little bit of time off from performing to learn myself as a writer. Um, because when I first started to write, I was performing as I was writing at the same time. And I never just took a second to just not be performative with it and just write and, mm-hmm. and to heal and to, to be in poetry and understand what poetry meant to me. Um, so now that I'm here and I'm doing the, the creative space and it's more of a healing journey and it, it, it seems like a, I've taken some avenues I didn't expect to, but I'm, I'm happy I'm here, you know? Yes. Oh, I love just the journey of that and how many, I can just see the, the YouTube videos I was watching, you know, with, I don't know if you remember like Maida Del Valle from, she was a poet that was on deaf poetry and oh. I must have watched her poem. I'll share it with you later. It's called oh, Gift and it's about her writing journey, but just, I can just hear the overlap and that's, yeah, your journey sounds like it's, I mean, to start too with spoken word and competitive spoken word, that takes a lot of guts, one, you know, <laughs> and so I feel like you really kind of threw yourself in it in that way. And so you've, you perform beautifully just from what I've seen on Instagram, like your tonality and how the words land like you can tell you've been doing it a while um so that's cool to hear the flow of it I think I did a lot lot in life of throwing myself at things in a way that it made me more courageous but it wasn't necessarily protecting myself I was just Mm -hmm. throwing myself at the world um like because I needed to be seen Mm -hmm. uh but it did help me like readjust and have some guts you know (laughs) yeah totally and I think that I don't know if it's a poet thing but I feel like the (laughs) there is something that I've noticed and also just myself as a poet and other poets that's something about just the the willingness to share your soul because poetry is kind of like here's a slice of my soul (laughs) you know (laughs) and and now let me just perform it to a room of strangers like this is normal (laughs) (laughs) so true Um, it it definitely is uh will open you up your vulnerability um and uh it will I feel like poetry challenges me to be real with myself be raw with myself and others and, and not hide and I think as someone who's wanted to you know I'm introverted you know so I, I want to like eh, with myself but poetry kind of like forces me to get real yeah and along your journey who were some writers or poets who inspired you or who's like the poetry book that you pull out when you need inspiration kind of thing yeah so I I like along my journey I would say like I don't know if you've heard of Ellen Hopkins she like writes oh no adult fiction she wrote this whole series um about substance abuse and it's it's like it's a narrative though it's like written as a story as a novel but it is written in prose 
And when I was younger, I would read it not knowing it was actually poetry. So I, I was early on um, influenced by like just storytelling with poetry. And uh, I'm also very inspired by um, Ebony Stewart, who is a spoken word artist and uh, she's a slam poet. I really appreciate the rawness of her. I love Nikki Giovanni. Um, I love the way she plays with words. And I can always read Nikki Giovanni and just like love her process. But uh, to be, you know, honest i'm really inspired by like just novice poets i'm inspired by people who just hit the mic and are like i've never read poetry before in my life and i have this poet on a poem on a napkin i've been waiting to read Hmm. you know and just the rawness of that i loved when i'm just inspired by someone's life story or just an experience that I mean, I, maybe I've never even been through it, but the way they articulate it, the way I can see the breadth of their perspective, it, it really like drives me to write. Like when I hear someone being so raw and so intimate, like it drives me to, and it really nourishes my soul. Like it nourishes me as an artist, but it nourishes my soul. So I'm, I'm inspired by the prose, but I'm also inspired by just those who, who share their work and, and by the intimacy that that can create. Yeah, it truly is a ripple effect. I mean, especially you probably being in the community like the poetry and tea leaves. Um, that's that's what it's called, right? Poetry, I said that right. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> poetry on tea leaves. Um, I feel like just the act of seeing someone else be vulnerable and share gives you space to do that as well and open up. Like, oh, I can like, maybe I can read this aloud. Maybe I can lean into this more side of myself on the page. So there's something very powerful in poetry community that I think is important yes um and and so these days or I guess maybe we haven't really got to too much of like the stuff that you've created in the past which I've seen I was Instagram stalking you (laughs) yesterday as as research (laughs) so I've seen some different things um and you've done a lot of cool like multimedia stuff and I've seen some different um like the poem there's some series it seems that you did like oceans inside of us was one poem mm-hmm. that really stuck with me um and then some other ones I saw where you're doing like more of a visual I call them like visual poems because yeah for lack of a better word um but maybe you can talk about what kind of things you've created in the past and I made it did I see that you made a chapbook maybe yeah I made um I published a, a chapbook a few years ago when I was living in New Orleans, um, Louisiana, I was reading tarot cards out there. Um, and when I took a, a step back from slam, I became a tarot card reader, which is interesting. And I uh, moved to New Orleans. I started reading tarot on in Jackson Square um, in the French Quarter. And I was just always doing tarot like every single day of my life was just reading strangers cards. And it became like, so prominent in my life and everything was tarot cards and everything I talked about was it. So I wanted to write um, a a series on that. And uh, my first book, Divine Ascension, is written to the emotions or to the theme of six tarot cards um, that I felt really inspired by. And and I wrote that and, and published it a little bit ago and as far as the multimedia stuff is I just like working with people like I know so many cool people who do such cool stuff like to do visual arts and who sing and who dance and I love when we can get together and just like mix in 
all of our talents, like even with the chat book and a divine ascension, like um, Jeff Monsterman in New Orleans helped me do that. And he's just so gifted with, you know, creating tiny books of poetry. And he really brought what I believed and didn't even know what it was out into something that I, I loved more than the idea of it. And I just, I love working with others. I love it when you can put your brains together and create something super cool that I couldn't have just made by myself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. There's a magic, but I was talking to one of my friends who's a videographer yesterday because after seeing your things, I was so inspired to start doing more like visual poems or mixed media stuff. And yeah. I was like, then we can collaborate. So there's something that happens when you come together with people. I feel like it elevates to a different level too, because someone's going to bring a perspective that you didn't have. And yes, and it's just like synergy, you know, and instead of just, I feel like especially poetry and writing, it can be very isolatory or just in our rooms in our apartments, just writing. Mm. So to create space where it, we're intentionally coming together, um, yeah. even if it's just to write side by side or to, you know, to produce something. Is- to create the layers, you know, like I give you one layer, you bring another, and we can add that on top of each other. Um, recently, I've been um, experimenting with kind of making my own things because sometimes you don't have access to the people and you're like, oh, I want to write and make a thing. But so I tried, I've taught myself a little bit of like audio stuff, a little bit of editing to create the oceans. They are oceans um, inside yeah. us. So I created that um, just because I wanted a way to share my poetry without having to go out at like 9 p.m. to a venue and be around drunk people and do it <laughs> and then have to wait or I'm rude. And then, you know, like I was like, I love this, but I've been doing this for a second and I just really want to be able to share my art with the world um, without it having to be me going to a place, constantly going to places to make it happen. So that came from me just wanting to, to share. I just want to share in a fun way that might be captivating to people. Yeah, that's a good point of not, you don't always have to be, you know, in physical space to do it, especially in the age of we're in with everything being so digital. So I love that piece, by the way. And it seems like there's, did you have some water effects underneath there? Like there was. Yeah, I learned, I found this place where you can get like free snips of water and ocean sounds and stuff. Uh, and I just like added it into it. And plus my leaky sink in the background was capturing a, a drip sound, which was driving me crazy at first, but then worked out very well for the poem. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Life <laughs> serving as inspiration. <laughs> maybe maybe we can talk about that one, Ocean Side of Us, like, or just maybe any piece that calls to you. But how has some of these pieces or these projects helped you heal or grow in a certain way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, well, oceans. I felt like what the what I wrote before Oceans was um, all of space, and it was more so capturing uh, space, death, life, mystery, the mystery of space, and things like that. Um, I felt like that collection was very abstract. Um, I think that it it definitely showed a certain side of side of myself as an artist that likes to deal with the etheric um, things that are not necessarily tangible like space, um, the ideas of things. But when it came to making um, oceans inside us, um, I really wanted to be raw and vulnerable. And I don't want, I want people to know what I'm talking about hundred percent, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, with that, I decided to do more storytelling um, about my life and about um, 
my childhood and go into certain aspects of myself, but also translate that into the environment, into the ocean, into lakes and streams and wetlands and mudflats and all these different ecosystems that you have to move through to get into the ocean. And then even when you're there, you're, you have to start at the beginning at the coral and you move down and then it gets darker and darker and the species start to change. And I'm like a science nerd when it comes to like, like environments. And I just love watching nature documentaries and the deep sea creatures. <gasps> They're so cool. And <laughs> <laughs> I love to do research as well. And uh, my research into the ocean and into space and into tarot cards and it really, it really feels like a, a way that I can express myself, like in a, like the macro is the micro type of thing. Like everything is me and you, and we're, we're all that, like I am the ocean, but also I'm not, and I need the ocean, you know, and how do we respect each other? Like, how do I respect the ocean? Like in, you know, um, cultures of the past, there used to be so much more life in the ocean. Like people could just look on the surface of the ocean and see huge fish and see giant, like so it's such things that we can't imagine, you know, when looking into the ocean, I'm like, it's insane. And people used to pray to the ocean and give back to the ocean. You take from the ocean, you give back. And we just don't do that. I'm sure there are cultures that do, but the majority, especially in our culture, we do not do that. And I just think that, you know, I just love to pay homage and to to express myself as something as great as the ocean, but also surrender to it and know that I'm just a small part of things as well. Mm, that was so beautifully said. I could even when you're talking about the layers of you know the swamps and the different terrain, it just I could see I could see how your poetry can be informed by that because I mean nature can serve as such a beautiful metaphor where you can it I feel like you can talk about your personal experience and you pair it alongside and a metaphor from nature and it just expands you know mm-hmm. in a different kind of way um yeah and kind of speaking when you were talking about going from like you used to write fiction at an early age I don't maybe you might still do but the transition from going from like fictional to poetry to and maybe with just within poetry I feel like there's poetry where I've written where it's more of not necessarily vague but using a lot of metaphors and things at a distance to create kind of personal distance like a veil for myself mm-hmm. and then there's the shift like you're talking about where you're talking about more of your life experience which is a lot more vulnerable um but also can be a lot more cathartic and empowering in different ways when you step into that and you, exactly. especially if you say it out loud so can you talk about what it was like to make that shift and from more maybe more of going into more of the personal I guess yeah I that actually happened when I started to really read a lot more poetry like I just really designated myself to read more different types of artists and with reading with doing poetry on tea leaves we do a different artist every month um and diving deeper into people's works and really reading them thoroughly and discussing them I started to notice that like the poetry that really hit me the deepest and made the the most profound like you know um you know shift in myself was the stuff that was really raw and the stuff that was hard to read and the stuff that you know made me like oh I can't like they wrote that like in a book for everybody to see like you know and I just started to think about my own um experience with writing and my own writing and I noticed what you had said like I was drawing a distance of using like because I can write you know abstractly and I can use metaphor and analogy and all these things that yeah maybe you can grasp it if you're trying but you know 
it's not as sinking or it's not like an anchor to the depths of me. It is more like just the ocean water in general. And yeah, I just wanted to anchor it in. I, I kind of felt like I needed to at this point, like I was just getting to the point as a, as a person that if I was going to write, I was going to write fully and going to go ahead and go there. Even if it was, if it hurt, even if it was hard, even if I had to like confess to myself and that it's cathartic and it, it's helped me realize where I've come. Like once I write it down and it's there and I go back and read it, I'm like, Oh man, like that's where you were. And, you know, maybe some of those feelings are still there, but mm-hmm. I've been able to move through it better by writing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like, especially, I mean, how I've, at least how it works for me with poetry is I, it's kind of like this deep exhale, um, something like brewing emotionally a lot. And then it's like, it's something it needs to come out. It's like, it's like, vom- not vomit's like a bad metaphor, but, but it's like, it, something needs to purge. I mean, vomit can be cleansing. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. Like yeah. people do ayahuasca and they, th- they get rid of it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think maybe it could be similar to that in some sense. It's maybe not as intense, but it needs to come out. <laughs> And so you're sitting there and it comes out. And then I feel like for me, once there's one phase where, you know, the writing of it and you can see it, like you're saying, it's kind of this zoom out perspective of whatever the thing is or yourself in a different way. But I feel like the performing part is, can be a different element of release. At least I'm wondering mm-hmm. what you feel about that as well. Cause for me, how I've done it is when I perform something, sometimes it just syncs up in life this way. But if it's first, you know, a specific show and I know it's coming, it's like, I kind of want to release this thing. And maybe I won't perform that poem again. Like maybe that's the last time, but it feels like this, this end of this cycle where sharing it with people is kind of the last stop. And then I can move on from whatever I was holding with that poem. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually know exactly what you mean. And I do feel like it is kind of like that last that last stop for this expression in in that way, at least, um, and sharing it. I feel like when I write something and then I read it, it, it's different from when I perform it and when I'm in front of a crowd and I'm trying to, I've tried to release it in a certain way. It just, I feel like I become, I'm empowered now. Like even if I write in a very fragile or vulnerable space and I'm like, when I perform it, I feel powerful. I don't feel like, I, that the weight of it isn't overcoming me, like I'm overcoming it. So Mm. it does feel like a different process of healing, being able at the the last stage of it. And that's something that I I think about when I was doing slam poetry, because you have to keep doing the same poems over again. And (laughs) (laughs) that messed me up. I really feel like I was re-traumatizing myself sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, having to go back and repeat the same things um, again. So I think that sometimes these things can be um, cathartic to express, but then it gets to a point where it's like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. That is, that was good. It happened. I expressed it. If you want to read about it, you can, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to go there anymore because it, it just becomes a lot to bring up over and over again. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that can be the tricky part too. If you've created a collection and you're like, this is the physical thing I have. So you want to share it with people, but it's mm-hmm. also like, that's, it's kind of like a, it's a microcosm of a past self. So it's kind of like right. to bring that up again. It's like, this isn't where I'm at anymore, but this was <laughs> what I wrote back then. <laughs> right. It's, it's a, it's a lot to juggle. It's very, it's very interesting in the psychology. I think of a, a writer um, who reads their work. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of reading, so your poetry on tea leaves, um, we'd love to hear more about that and kind of, especially what came, what, what inspired you to start it um, and kind of what it's turned into now. Yeah. So um, I was inspired by to write, to do poetry on tea leaves. Cause like I said, I was feeling unhappy with like going to certain poetry things or what it really had I don't know I just was like why doesn't this fit me like I just wanted something to fit me like I wanted to do something that wasn't super late and was a healing space and I feel like because I've always I love to perform but I always love the audience members I love talking to people I love their perspectives I was like you guys are just as important as everybody on stage right now mm-hmm. and because I've always felt like that um poetry on tea I wanted to create something that there was no separation like there was no like we are the poets and you are the audience member and you are paying us to watch us perform like it's cool it's for what it is but for me I was like I just would like none of that I just want it to be everyone is everything and we're just sharing our work and talking about poetry and if you want to do the open mic great but if you don't that's okay and it doesn't mean you're less important in this facilitation it doesn't mean that your voice is not getting heard because if we're discussing then you do so I was looking for something that I wasn't able to find and I was talking to my friend about doing like a coffee shop poetry thing. I was like, well, let's take it out of the bar. Let's go to the coffee shop. And she was like, well, what about the tea house? And I was like, tea house. <laughs> I love tea, but I didn't even know there were tea houses really, or people in tea places. I just didn't know about that. And um, she had gone to a tea house and they, her friend had already been talking her up about her poetry. And uh, so when she got there, they were like, do you want to host poetry or looking for poets to host poetry? And she was like, yeah, let me just talk to my friend. And she texted me immediately. And it's like what they say at the tea house is a tea destiny. Like sometimes you're destined for the tea house. And Mm -hmm. I was destined for the tea house and I came in and it's such a chill environment. They provide us with um, an herbal tea, which is always rose because we love rose tea and uh, a caffeinated tea. It's so good for you. Um, It feels so good too to drink. And we sit on the floor people come, we read a muse of the month every month. Um, so this month is Nikki Giovanni, we're reading love poems. And me and Raffaella, we read the poetry, we print out our favorite poems, and then we all read together, we discuss, we talk, we marinate, and then afterwards, whoever wants to do the open mic portion can. And it's super simple, it's super easy, um, sweet. It, and it, it really nourishes my soul. Um, one time, only one person came because we did not promote it. <laughs> so everyone <laughs> failed at promoting. And we only had one person who accidentally came. They were just sitting in the dojo part. And they're like, oh, my God, this is poetry. I love it. And just between that one person and us, it was such a good time. And I realized that it didn't matter if anyone ever came, that I love doing it no matter what. And it was healing to me no matter what. And now that people are coming and it's getting bigger, it's it's super like it's super beautiful to see because I was I was a little unhappy with just not feeling like I fit and so sometimes you just have to create your own thing I think in life if you don't see it then make it and then you'll be surprised how many other people are actually looking for the same thing a lot of people were looking for a black brown and queer healing space to have a low stakes environment to share their poetry and talk about poetry and that's cool you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's beautiful that you not only felt the need for it, but created it and to show up week over week 
you know, is isn't always easy, but Dude, so month over month, week over week, the dedication that takes. Oh, oh yeah, month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. yeah, but still, even month over month, you know, the consistency in creating community. That's that's great that you have that there, and inspiring. I think there there isn't really poetry in a lot of communities. It's one of those things. I feel like if you're in a big city, maybe you can find it. But smaller towns, um, like here, we don't have it here yet, but I'm pondering, you know, making something. <laughs> yeah. And it's inspiring to hear like what yours look like. And and I like that of just that it is this like shared space of getting inspiration. Doesn't it doesn't sound like there's a is there a mic situation or like there is and is not a mic sometimes. I feel like we have, the mic is funny. Sometimes it wants to be with us and be a mic, and sometimes it does not. So last time we didn't have a mic which was fine. Everyone, we did like a sit down poetry thing. And mm -hmm. when I was young, I imagined poetry, like, um, I think it's like either a goofy movie or extremely goofy movie, but there's like a moment where they're like at a poetry place and they're playing bongos and snapping their fingers <laughs> and sitting down. And I just always thought poetry was going to be like that. <laughs> so when I went to poetry events and nobody was sitting down and nobody was reading, it was no one was playing the bongos. I was really confused. So I... <laughs> <laughs> like now you're creating that for yourself so yeah i'm just gonna get some i had bongos before when i was younger but i think i might buy some more and yes bring it in i, I can do a thing yeah <laughs> yeah and on the sharing i mean i feel like just whether it's performing on a mic or just saying it out loud in front of people um there's i feel like that we talked about this a bit earlier but there's a confidence you were saying when you read a poem, even if you wrote it in a tender space, there's like a strength and confidence that comes from it. I feel like performing can open different doors of yourself that maybe you haven't really accessed before. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you want to, if you have any experience of that, or if you've witnessed it in this group, like seeing newer folks come in and kind of watching them elevate a little bit. Yeah, I definitely um, feel like there's, I don't know, I feel like performers, like, I don't know, Beyonce has like Sasha Fierce and I think like Megan Thee Stallion has Tina Snow and everyone has these altars and things when they perform. And mm -hmm. I definitely don't think I have an alter name, but I do feel like a higher extension of myself. Or sometimes when I'm doing poetry, sometimes I just know that whatever takes over me will, and I don't have to worry about it. And when I get on stage, that will be there and I will access something that I don't always have access to when I perform my work. And it's been, it's been just really awesome to find that out about myself and to realize what that means. And, um, you know, and how it's like, almost like how to use that, but then also just how to let it be, you know, and just kind of access that when I need to, uh, and it is, it's really awesome when people are at poetry on tea leaves and they never read a poem before, or they don't, they're so nervous. And then when they start to perform it or read it, it's so beautiful and so profound or about certain experiences. I like, I had just never had before, like, you know, like certain people of certain ages, they've been through things I've never been through, or they've had have a life experience I don't have. And it's really cool to see people open up and be funny. Yeah. I love when people are funny and you don't know they're even funny and they're hilarious <laughs> when they do poetry or they have this great 
bubbling personality when they're sharing their work or it, or people who are very boisterous when they start to perform their work, they're just like more withdrawn in themselves or they're just kind of like a, a different version. I love to see the different aspects of people that you get to see when they read their poetry and when they go on stage and, and exit the stage and then talk to me afterwards. It, it's cool. It is mm-hmm. cool to see all those things. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of, I mean, I don't know the experience of the folks in, in your group, but I also feel like sometimes when people come to poetry, maybe they're just writing poems in their journal. And yet, you know, I feel like those those nouns we put on, it's just like, if you do something regularly, you are that. Like that's why right. okay. <laughs> So if you write regularly, you're a writer, you can just call yourself that. But it takes a bit of time, I think, to claim those things. Um, so true. But, does it start, does it start maybe of like, like you're, I guess they don't have to share it necessarily, but just the open space where you can. I'm asking them when they're like during it to like, you can perform if you want to, you know? yeah. <laughs> because um, people are, sh- they're nervous because you're right. People feel like I'm not a poet. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm not a poet. Like I know you guys are poets. And we had, to, I had to really talk to Rafael, who's um, who also um, co-created it with me to really get into uh, energy that like we're not the teachers like we're not the poets like we're not these people who have access to knowledge that nobody else has like there's no difference between us and everyone else it's just that some people just don't think that they're poets and you know if, you, if you're doing it if you write a poem I mean, who's to say you're not a poet like I'm not here passing that out for people like you know so mm-hmm. people do get hung up on the idea that I'm not a poet or like, you know, people go to like a singing open mind. I'm not a singer, which I think is a little bit more pressure on you singing, but um, it, it is the titles and the names and the thinking that you need to be good. I think people feel like they need to be good at it. And I just try to reassure. I just try to reassure people um, that it's low stakes. Like it's okay. You can read something that you wrote just five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. it's okay like no no one is judging we just want to hear from you and it does take a little bit of like just encouraging people to and I keep the open mic up for as long as possible I say that I was like I'll just keep it in the back until we're done because some people at the end will be like okay okay, okay. all right it's me now I just want to <laughs> do it like it's almost over like we got one minute three people raise their hand oh okay I finally mm-hmm. yes <laughs> the last one does yeah well, folks in Austin, they know where to find poetry on tea leaves. So we'll, we'll include all that in the show notes yes. too. Um, and now I would love to segue into sharing, you sharing some of your poems, if you're cool to read. Yeah, some I would love to. Um, so maybe first we can talk about which ones you're going to read and maybe if you can provide, you can, are you going to read multiple or one or what are you feeling? I was feeling maybe just reading like, I have like my poetry is not super long. So mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe like three. Yes, yeah, cool. Okay. And so if you want to give some backstory or context of like what sparked you to write this or anything that you think would be interesting to, to share there. Yeah. So um, I, this is from my collections, uh, Oceans Inside Us. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about me and I, um, I'm dealing with the imperfections of myself, of my upbringing, of who I am, the trauma that I hold. And I am feeling like the only place, the only place I can come clean or who can hold all this heaviness is the ocean. So in this story, in this narrative, this collection of poetry, I'm moving from the streams to the rivers, to the mudflats, to the ocean, all to get 
to, you know, into the mother, um, the mother of the sea to clean myself. Um, and because I heard the sea calling my name is the reason why I started to go. Um, so the poems I'm going to read are just little snips from that collection. Mm, okay, beautiful. Um, I'll go ahead and start with um, Daughter of the Brine. Mm, Daughter of the Brine. They say children of the fatherless love regardless, and a child will look for their mother in whomever they can find her. A girl is 11 and wakes up on a school day to her mother's refusal, her hair a tight afro forced into a sorry excuse for straight, her hands never tasked with her own unruly thickness before. A black teacher steps in to brush out the mess and neglect in front of her. A child is 14, wishing to grow up faster. A girl is 16, raising herself. A girl is 18 in a stranger's lap, being patted on the ass, chasing those who can't love her back. Outreached arms and mouth wide, a gaping wound ready for another to fill what's hollowed inside. Those born in the brine, soaked in water and salt, soured and bittered among the grainy bits at the bottom of the jar, have nowhere else to swim but up. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and this one's called Smoked. Been keen on chasing smoke and love that don't love in return. I want to be loved by me anyway. In chase of the constant burn. I'm embarrassed of the way I've chased women and men time and again, while they, I say, must have stayed for the attention. Maybe I flatter myself and they just wanted my friendship and platonic companion, but my abandonment deceives. Hand can't ever seem to hold while fingers trace the outline of smoke sleeve. Mm, that's a potent image. Oh, I can see that, feel that. Mm. And uh, the last one is called Selfish Human Being Grows Tired of the Weight of Her Own Density. Mm. And just a little bit of, just a little bit of insight to it. It's a, uh, I just, I get really sad when, it, when we think about the world and how much we take from her and we don't necessarily give back. And uh, I, and as sad as I get about all these things, I know just in my existence, you know, is causing so much pollution, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like just being, you know, and feeling bad about it isn't going to stop it from happening. And I, I, I come to a lot of these different like understandings that like, I am just a selfish human being, like the people I'm complaining about, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it's, it's in that, that I understand that, like, we ask a lot of nature, we ask a lot of the ocean, we ask a lot of, of the ground and the trees and the animals that, you know, we partake in and, and eat and domesticate. And mm -hmm. I just wonder, like, even if we have the best intentions, like, are we ever doing enough or can we ever really do enough? Mm -hmm. So it's a little back to that one. Mm -hmm. Selfish human being grows tired of the weight of her own density. 
human I am, black with little naps against yellow skin, a reminder of what happened way back when. I twist my kinky fro into 190 united strands. I think that might help me lay rest these tired hands. Cracking knees, the burdens dragged in. Not created by me entirely, but yet I feel them from within. I was exhausted of skin, not of melanin nor complexion, only when colorist men bring it up again and again, nah, now, deeper still, to the root, past the epidermis, down to the bone, rattling my ribcage, heart of stone, tapping on my sternum, falling to my pelvic floor, a sad, hollowed beat I've played before. It's the heaviness of race and Eurocentric everything, but it's the density of industrial means, human willingness, fatigue, our future opaque. How will our grandbabies, babies, we manage the sea, the heat, the plastic degrees, the rising seas? What is our fate? Air, earth, animal, and sea, we breathe in and out our own disaster so lightly, so. When I heard her, the sea calling my name, Ishne. And although faint, it was her I selfishly wanted all of this heaviness to embrace. Mm. Your poetry is so moving. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like you have the kind of poetry where you could just listen. So I was doing yesterday, it's just like you listen to it on repeat. And it just the lines hit you in a different way each time. <laughs> like getting teary eyed. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. Oh, I love poets. I, I love so poetry too. No, I'm the same. I'm just like, I love poetry and listening to it. And just sharing space with you. This has been such a pleasure, you know, just not often do you get to have an hour where you just talk to a fellow poet about poetry. It's so, so true. Lovely. Think it's been so lovely. We've been like pondering these questions and mm. reading them. I read them to my partner and he was like, ah, oh, man, I wish someone would ask me these questions. These are the kind of questions you wish your whole life. Oh. That someone would ask you about your art and I was like aren't they though like aren't they like the way you ask questions and the way you dive in to the depth of things and it's like yeah I'd, I've always wanted someone to ask me those type of things so thank you for doing that of course oh it's my pleasure what kind of art does your partner do he's a writer too he writes um poetry he writes comic books uh he writes movies he just is overall a very creative person <laughs> okay cool well that's nice fellow writers together that's nice um well great thank you so much for yeah joining sharing i will link all of your things in the bio um in the show notes and um yeah and if you if you know of any other poets who you think you know would like to share their work feel free to yeah. send folks my way I'm always this is like a newer project I'm doing this for like four months oh wow it's still, four months I for some reason thought it was like more than this probably because you just are doing it so well oh thanks. like I just I do believe that you just you're just good at like making the space and the little things online with the hmm. little microphone talking and everything oh, I was just like <laughs> yeah. she's good at this <laughs> 
thanks that means a lot yeah it's, yes. I'm still finding my way with it but now I'm I'm really enjoying it especially this the artistry side so I'm these I'm calling artist interludes um mm -hmm. where I have like musicians or poets or writers on so if you know anyone else who you oh, think yeah. is worth spotlighting um yeah send them my way I definitely yeah. have a person in mind that I'll um, I'll email you their cool. information yeah okay. great yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was lovely. I look forward to staying in touch, you know, virtually if you ever come to California, if you ever come to Austin. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I will go to Northern California and I would I would love to like see what's going on in the poetry world. It's so fun to see all the poetry worlds around the world. So <laughs> yeah, San Francisco's got a strong one. I feel like I'm more clued into that. There's there's always readings happening every week there, which is fun. Um, so, yeah, here. It's a need yeah. of someone to build it out, which is like, I feel, someone will. I'm feeling called to. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> and like, I always start all these projects. I'm like, let's get the podcast rolling and then we'll get the You're in-person right. thing. You're right. You're right. <laughs> One thing at a time. I've learned that too. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's I was also just inspired by what you're doing. I love, you know, hearing folks creating space for other, other people to share and create. And there's just so many benefits to creating that is it's important for us so thank you for doing what you do and sharing what you're sharing thank you and uh i will talk to you on the interwebs soon yes <laughs> yes thank you so much have a great day enjoy yourself you too bye 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 my goodness that was lovely i hope you enjoyed it and if you did share with a friend inspire someone with the gift of poetry today because the world is better with poetry, I'm telling you. <laughs> and if you are curious to do a little more creativity in your own life, we are coming into fall, which is this beautiful time where the the light gets a little shorter, where we're inside our homes a little more. Um, and for some reason, for me, fall is always a really generative time. I get really inspired to create once it gets darker. So I thought it would be nice to add on a little component to the Substack new newsletter that I have, where not only will you be getting the podcast delivered to your inbox every week, but you'll also be getting a little exercise to add on and flesh out in something that was touched on in the episode. So there'll be some reflective journal kind of writing exercises. There'll be some more creative poetry kind of ones as well if you want to stretch that muscle. There'll also be some more personal growth-oriented things coming down the road to help you kind of reach goals and things, all things connected to the podcast. So it's kind of like I'm looking at it like a little homework for yourself to kind of elevate, rise into, you know, a little a little more you, a little more of the time as the, the intention for this podcast was. So if you're interested in that, sign on up. Um... You can find the link in the show notes and also through my Instagram, right on underscore Kim. And then in the bio, there is a, a link to my newsletter and look forward to sending you goodness every week. It's like a little, I look at like my little pen pal community. So it's been fun. This has been fun. I hope you have a beautiful day and I'll see you next week. We have more goodness. Always coming, always coming. Okay, let's see what's next. I don't know. Do you know? We'll see. <laughs>